Hey everybody, welcome to your weekly sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries. Man, I am glad you decided to join me today. Join me in this powerful series that we are in. And uh, today is going to be about an incredible topic within this series. So we started a few weeks ago with Who is the Holy Spirit Part 1. Then Holy, Who is the Holy Spirit Part 2. Then Who is the Holy Spirit Part 3 which we dealt with misconceptions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, some of you who've heard that term, or you don't know that term, I am going to give you my biblical uh, theological position on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is a big deal to me because, um, you know, you can struggle theologically with things for years, and and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reveals things to you that you really and I and you really begin to cement cement your belief system, so to speak, inside yourself. And uh, this is something that is uh, really important to me, and uh, it's definitely important to you. So I pray that you would receive this. I also pray that you'd let your biases down as I talk about this. Uh, this is a very, again, a very important topic within uh, the uh, overall topic of the Holy Spirit. So this is going to be Who is the Holy Spirit? Part 4. Part 4, and it's titled The Baptism with the Holy Spirit. The Baptism with the Holy Spirit. I was really looking forward to getting to this point. Uh, obviously, after this, we're going to continue maybe to, to talk about this a little bit more, and we'll definitely get into the gifts of the Spirit um, some of that can be uh, too much unnecessary debate about all that. So we're going to try to clear all that up, but we're going to substantiate what we believe. And we're going to be blessed by it. Amen. So I'm going to open up in prayer or just pray with me. Father, I just come before you right now in Jesus name. We thank you for this opportunity to study your word. Holy Spirit, show us right now. Help me. I thank you for your for, for the power that you have within me to bring this forth to the people that are listening. And I pray that our hearts would be open to hear and their eyes would be open to see and their minds would be open to receive. Lord God, all that's going to be coming forth. Help me, Holy Spirit, not to worry about time, but just to give out what I have here before me and lead me and guide me. And thank you again for all those who are part of this, who are turning this on and watching it. Whenever it may be, may they be blessed by what they hear. May they learn and grow from it as well in Jesus' name. So who is the Holy Spirit? Part four, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So I thought I would do a real quick, quick refresher on who is the Holy Spirit. He is the third member of the Godhead. That's very important to understand. Uh, there's churches that are big churches that believe that he is not. And that's something that we call modalism. That's a heretical point of view. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is the third member of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Co-equal and co-eternal. Uh, all three of them in Jesus' name. And they have a particular task that they, that they do, a particular job that they do and we're going to learn about the holy one of the holy spirits today. Holy Spirit's name describes his chief nature. He is perfectly holy and spotless God. So the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, he is God. He's free of any sin or free of any darkness. He shares the strengths of God uh, the Father and Jesus such as omniscience, omnipotence and eternality. Likewise, he is all-loving, forgiving, merciful, and just. And throughout the Bible, we see the Holy Spirit pouring himself 
into followers of God. We read and think of people like Joseph and Moses and David and Peter and Paul. Uh, we would feel like we have nothing in common with them, but the truth is that the Holy Spirit helped each of them change uh, as much as he will help us change. And he stands ready to change us from the person we are today to the person that we want to be ever closer to the character of Christ. Amen. Again, he's a member of the Godhead. He had no beginning and he has no end. With the Father and Son, he existed before creation. The Spirit dwells in heaven, but also on earth in the heart of every believer. The Holy Spirit serves as, and we'll talk about some of these later on in the later sermons, he serves as teacher, counselor, comforter, strengthener, inspiration, revealer of the scriptures, convictor of sin, caller of ministries, and intercessor in prayer. So it behooves us just from that to understand how important it is to study the topic of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're going to talk about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And this, this has a lot of unnecessary debate. And, uh, you know, this can be, unfortunately, and for really no reason, this, this has become a divisive topic. You know, you got people who, uh, some people who don't believe in the uh, gifts that were given out in the, in the church at Acts. They don't believe those are still for today. Uh, the miracles and laying on hands on the sick. And, uh, but then there's those who do. Um, and, and this whole aspect of the baptism uh, is, a, is a topic that needs to be, definitely needs to be um, set straight. Um, and while a great deal is said in these days concerning the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it's true that there are many who talk about it and who pray about it or pray for it, but have no clear and definite idea of what it is. We're going to learn what it is today. The Bible, if carefully studied without bias, if carefully studied without bias, will give us a view of this wonderful blessing that is perfectly clear and remarkably definite. We find first that there are a number of designations in the Bible for this one experience. We read in Acts 1.5, Jesus said, You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So there we see the phrase, You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We see in Acts 2.4, when the promise was fulfilled, we read, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1-4, the same expression is spoken of as the promise of the Father. In Luke 24-49, the promise of my Father and endued with power from on high. By comparison of Acts 10, verses 44, 45, and 47, with Acts 11, verses 15 and 16, we find that the expressions the Holy Spirit fell on them and the gift of the Holy Spirit and received the Holy Spirit are all equivalent to baptized with the Holy Spirit. I hope that helps. That should help clear up a little bit right there. We find in the next place that the baptism with the Holy Spirit is a definite experience of which one may know whether he or she has received it or not. And I really am confirmed in this now in my, in my theological position because this is the way I see it in the Word of God. So remember, we're saying this baptism with the Holy Spirit is a definite experience that you will know whether you have received or not. It's that definite. Um, 
If we look in uh, Luke chapter 24, 49, this, this is evident from Christ's command to the apostles. He says this, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Remember, and, and this is going. This is this is this is integral. This is crucial to see this. So, um, they had to wait for this power to come upon them. So, if this endowment or with power or this baptism with the Holy Spirit were not an experience so definite that one could know whether he had received it or not, how could they tell when those commanded days of waiting were at an end? Get it? The same thing is clear from Paul's very definite question to the disciples at Ephesus. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Acts 19.2. So Paul is evidently expecting a definite yes or a definite no there for an answer. And unless the experience was definite, unless the experience were definite and of such character that one could know whether he had received it or not, how could these disciples answer Paul's question? He's asking them, um, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He's looking for a yes or no answer. So it's something that we will know has happened to us. And I'm giving you scripture reference on this right now. In fact, they knew they hadn't received it. Those, those in Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, they knew they hadn't received it or, or, or had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and a short time afterward, they then knew they had received it or had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. 19, uh, Acts 19.6. We, this, here's the thing. We find nothing in we, we find in the in the Bible nothing of vagueness or indefiniteness in regard to the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which we find in much of our modern talk regarding this subject. The Bible is a very definite book. The Bible says nothing, shows nothing of the baptism with the Spirit, and again, all those other phrases all fall under the same thing. There's nothing of vagueness or indefiniteness in regards to this baptism with the Holy Spirit happening in your life or in someone's life. It is a definite thing that you will know has taken place in your life. Again, the Bible is a very definite book. It's very definite about salvation, right? So, so definite that a man who knows his Bible can positively say yes or no to the question, are you saved? It's equally definite about the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that a man who knows his Bible can positively say yes or no to the question, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? I know I had this experience. So if someone asked me, have I been baptized with the Holy Spirit? My answer would be yes. I had that definite time when I knew this took place in my life. There may be those who are saved and who don't know it, because they don't understand their Bibles, but it is their privilege to know it. So there may be those who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit who do not know the Bible name for what has come to them, but it is their privilege to know. As we go on, what is the pattern for the baptism with the Holy Spirit as we find it in Scripture? What's the pattern that we see? What's this? The word of salvation in Christ is proclaimed. The hearer receives the word and then believes in Christ and is then baptized with water, then the believer is baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me make this really clear. Sometimes the baptism of the Holy Spirit occurs spontaneously, sometimes through prayer and sometimes through the laying on of hands. 
Sometimes it occurs after water baptism, sometimes before. Sometimes it occurs virtually simultaneously with conversion, sometimes after an interval of time. So there is considerable variety within the pattern. But one thing is constant in the scripture, and it is most important. It is never merely assumed that a person has been baptized with the Holy Spirit. When he has been baptized with the Holy Spirit, that person knows it. Mine happened uh, the way that it happened with me, and I know that it took place. I have a friend of mine who I know obviously operates in the power of the Spirit. His baptism came at the time, at the time of his conversion, and that's his testimony to that. Uh, but he knew it, and this is something that you know. Remember, we read in Acts chapter 2, this is not something that came in very quietly, and I'll probably mention this a little bit later. This did not come in quietly. This came in... Uh, like a mighty rushing wind, I mean like a hurricane wind. This was something that was dynamic. It was something that was filled with energy, something that was filled with power. This, when, this, when the Holy Spirit, when this baptism came to this 120 disciples in the upper room, this came in, boom, it came in strong, and it came in explosive, not vague or indefinite. It was something that definitely happened to them, and it's something that you're going to know has definitely happened to you. It is a definite experience. You don't have to understand it, though. You don't have to explain, be able to explain it. I'm explaining it to you. Um, you don't have to understand it in order to experience this blessing, because many times it's going to happen to you in your walk with Christ when you are newer in Christ. You don't know everything. You just know you had an experience, and it was definite in your life. We go on. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a work of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a biggie. This is a big one. This is one that... Uh, you have so many opinions about, but I'm going to give you my opinion. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is a work of the Holy Spirit separate and distinct from his regenerating work. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is a work of the Holy Spirit separate and distinct from his regenerating work. To be regenerated by the Holy Spirit is one thing. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is something different. Something of a compounding effect, I like to call it. When you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 5, there Jesus said, You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In other words, they were not then as yet baptized with the Holy Spirit but they were already regenerated or born again and or saved. They were already, and I'm going to show you in scripture where it says that, they were already regenerated. They already had received through regeneration the Spirit, but they had not yet been baptized with the Spirit. That's why I'm saying to you that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a work of the Holy Spirit separate and distinct from His regenerating work. So they were already regenerated and Jesus had already pronounced them so. So when were the disciples born again then? Well, here's a couple scripture references for this. We look in Luke 24, 45. Luke 24, 45. It says, Then he, or Jesus, opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That's one reference to them having been regenerated or they knew Christ or they were born again. But here's a great one. John 20, 22. John 20, 22. 
talking of Jesus, and when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. So the breath of God, which made Adam alive, that must come to fallen men, dead in sin, to quicken them or give life to them by the work of the Holy Spirit in new birth in new birth. So he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So this image and wording of breathing on them recalls God's creative work in making Adam. We see in Genesis 2-7. Now this post-resurrection breathing was a kind of new, uh, was, a, was a new kind of creative work for they would now become new creations. One Bible commentator, one Bible theologian said this, that Dr. J. Vernon McGee said this, I personally believe that at the moment our Lord breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit, these men were regenerated or born again. This is very important to understand when you're saying that the baptism is a separate and distinct event from the regeneration of the Spirit. Before this, he said, they had not been indwelt by the Spirit of God. I believe here that Jesus Christ breathed into these men eternal life by giving them the Spirit of God. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Right? The applied New Testament commentary says, Then Jesus breathed on his disciples and gave them the Holy Spirit. It was then that they were born again of the Spirit. This is when they received true and full faith. This is when they receive spiritual life. No man can be a true Christian without having received the Holy Spirit of Christ. Romans 8, 9, If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, that's the Holy Spirit, he is none of his. In other words, he does not belong to Christ. And I repeat my earlier statement to make this very emphatically clear. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is a work of the Holy Spirit separate and distinct from his regenerating work. So to be again, to be regenerated by the Holy Spirit is one thing. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is something different, something of a compounding effect. In other simple words, the disciples were already regenerate. They received the Holy Spirit at conversion but they had not yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit as described in Acts 2. Two different things. You have the work of the Spirit in regeneration, but now you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon them, filling them full for so they could move in power to do the work that God had called them to do. That's what he uses the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's for, we'll talk about this later, but it's for service. It's not just to carry as a badge of honor. I've been baptized. No, it's for doing the work of the kingdom. Jesus said, although knowing they were already regenerated, he's telling them, but you still aren't ready to go out and do what I've called you to do. You got to wait for this baptism of the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Wait there in the upper room until the Spirit baptizes you with fire. And so they waited, and because they were obedient and waiting, they didn't know how long they were going to have to wait, but they waited like he told them. And then in Acts 2, we see that event taking place. Read Acts 2 again. It is powerful. So they still needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit 
to receive power and fullness needed to be witnesses and ministers for the kingdom of God. Are you getting that? We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we might receive the power and fullness needed to be the witnesses that we're called to be and the ministers for the kingdom of God that we are called to be. In Acts chapter 8, verses 12 through 17, here's an example. The Samaritans. This passage has been subject to a lot of unnecessary debate. Uh, the sequence of events described in verse 12 in Acts chapter 8. This leaves to me little doubt that the Samaritans have become Christians. So we're dealing with this topic of already having been regenerated but still needing to be baptized. Verse 12 very clearly says, When they had believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. That's pretty clear showing us they had been regenerated. They had been born again. So they had already had a conversion experience with the Holy Spirit evidenced by their water baptism. They would have water baptized them had that not happened. Now, through the ministry of the apostles, they're being led into another significant experience with the Holy Spirit, which Luke describes both as receiving the Holy Spirit including their allowing him to fall upon them, or as we said earlier, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They already had the Holy Spirit. They'd already received him at conversion through his regeneration, but they still needed the baptism with the Holy Spirit as a separate and distinct thing, separate and distinct event, distinct event in their life to now empower them for the work that God has called them to do. See, here's the thing. We always talk about winning the world for Christ, and we're always talking about uh, all these different aspects of that, but I know some people say they don't believe in the rapture, that Christians are going to make everything better than Jesus coming back. Well, for my decades of being in the ministry, one thing I've seen is people do not witness. A person baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit has now been given the fullness and the power and the capability of going out and sharing their faith in Christ with anybody, any where and that power comes forth i spoke on monday morning to a group of police officers and coaches head coaches and chiefs of police and policemen and man i got up there and you're a little bit nervous all of a sudden as soon as i open my mouth because i have i'm walking in that fullness of the spirit which is available to you as well nothing special about me man the power of god hit me and the words came out of me i had things written down didn't even look in my ipad notes i just talk to them about what the topic was about but man it came out with force and with power that's the power of the holy spirit that's what he equips you to be able to i didn't i wasn't afraid i wasn't concerned about them not liking me i wasn't i gave them definitely in in within all everything else i was talking about the gospel the very direct gospel message so we need this receiving of the holy spirit we need this baptism of the holy spirit to accomplish the great works that he has called us to accomplish. Amen? Listen, not every regenerate man has the baptism with the Holy Spirit. But as we will see later, every regenerate man may have this baptism. If you don't know if you've had this distinct work in your life, and I'll guarantee you probably haven't, if you have not been taught it or taught to believe it, or maybe you have been taught against it, you've not received it, you need to understand what the scriptures are saying, and you need to open up your heart and ask 
God, ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you with the fullness of his power so that why? So why? So you could do weird stuff? No, it's not about doing weird stuff. It's not about dancing around and it's not about weird stuff. It's about having the power to now go out and win a lost world to Christ because you're now emboldened with courage. Look at Peter. Again, I, I said this last week. Peter, before he received, Peter already regenerated, but before he received the power of the Holy Spirit, he was a kind of moved in a little bit of cowardice. He denied Christ three times around a campfire to a teenage girl. When the baptism came upon him, when he was filled full and empowered with the Holy Spirit, man, immediately he turned and began to preach with great discernment and great power to those before him to the point where 3,000 people were added to the church that day. That baptism with the Spirit, that dunking him in the fullness of the Spirit filled him with the power and the courage to witness to all those that were around them. That group of people, it began to spread. They basically touched the entire known world at the time in several years with the gospel message because of the empowerment with a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me that it doesn't have effect. It does. I need it, and so do you. I said this, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is always connected with testimony and with service. We look carefully at every passage in which the baptism with the Holy Spirit is mentioned, and you'll see it's connected with and is for the purpose of testimony and service. I name a few, Acts 1.5, Acts 1.8, Acts 2.4, Acts 4.31, Acts 4.33. Always connected to the baptism, receiving the Spirit is service, right? Is doing work for the kingdom, being a witness, laying hands on the sick. Remember, Jesus said, I've given you power to lay to preach to the lost, to be my witnesses, lay hands on the sick, see them recover, cast out devils. He gives us the gifts of the Spirit to be used at the moment that we need them to be effective for the kingdom of God. We need this baptism with the Holy Spirit. And what I just talked about will come out really clearly when we come to consider what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. What does he do? So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not for the purpose of cleansing from sin. He's for the purpose, it's for the purpose of empowering for service. The baptism, separate from that regenerating work of the Holy Spirit at conversion, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is not for the purpose of cleansing from sin, but for the purpose of empowering for service. Remember, we're not talking about the work he does in regeneration or salvation but what he does through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to empower us for service. I say that over and over, and I think I've said it many times in each sermon. He gives us the power for service because once we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we should be out. We have now been filled with, uh, not only do we have the fruit, but we have the gifts of the Spirit. We'll talk about that in another sermon, maybe next week or the week after that. We get the, he, we, there's gifts of the Spirit that we can operate in. Um, that are also for service. They're not to be worn as medals of honor. They are for their tools to be used for service, to be used for 
work. We're supposed to be out there doing the work of the kingdom, but we're supposed to be doing it empowered by the Spirit. It's so necessary that we do it in the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus told these regenerated men, don't go out and do any ministry until you wait in the upper room until the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's how vitally important it was. Jesus told them to wait until it happened to them. When I'm out doing ministry, I want to do it in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I can do it in my logical mind. I can do it because I know how to speak or I can do it because I can put a sermon together. But that doesn't mean it's done in the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is what breaks the, the, the sin off of people's lives. That power is what... Uh, drives conviction into the hearts of sinners. That power is what challenges Christian people to start living their lives right. That's the power of the Spirit operating through your life. It's not you. It's you being used as a vessel and then allowing the Spirit to operate through you to change the lives of people. Amen? So, while insisting that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is primarily for the purpose of empowering for service, it should also be added that the Holy Spirit baptism is accompanied by a great moral uplift. See Acts 2.44 through 46, Acts 4.31 through 35. In other words, it will give you the power, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will give you the power to live right. I see a lot of people around me who are from all different kinds of denominations. They go to church, they talk church, but man, they don't talk like they are saved. And I'm wondering, you must not be baptized with the Holy Spirit because he would give you the power to live your life right before God. It's a moral. I, I, man, I know um, when, when, this, when this happened in my life, my mouth changed. I mean, I immediately uh, realized things I was saying was not appropriate. And man, I stopped. I mean, it's it's it'll it'll morally will change your life. It'll be a great moral uplift. Again, it'll help you and give you the power to live right. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. What this baptism does is stated concisely in Acts 1:8. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Basically, and then he says, to all the world. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit imparts power. I'm talking power. Remember we talked about dunamis power. That word means explosive, mighty power. Power for service. Power for living with effectiveness for the kingdom of God. And if you're living in the power of the Holy Spirit, living right, your life will have more impact on people naturally because they're looking at you and seeing there's something different about your life there's, there's, a, there's something different about the way you talk. There's something different about the things that you say or don't say. There's something different about the way you react. There's something different about you. Well, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's filled you with this fullness, that's equipped you to be able to live your life right, but also has equipped you with the courage to be witnesses for Christ. Amen? Wow, we get caught up in so many secondary issues when it comes to the Holy Spirit or and or the baptism of the Holy Spirit and all those people that want to try to argue this away and say this is not something that's distinct and separate from our regeneration I'm to I, I argue with them right now and you know I I'm I um, I argue with them right now and say I don't believe that I believe it's something distinct and separate and I believe we all need it because we all need to be the witnesses God has called us to be on my point earlier the reason you know people say well we're going to usher back Christ because we're going to change the the world because we're everybody's 
that's not going to, even if that happened, it's not going to happen in, 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 in my thinking because nobody goes out and witnesses because nobody actually moves in the courage to go out and tell people about Christ. It's like removing teeth when you go to a church and try to get people to become soul winners. You know, they're excited for a week and then that's gone. And then you got to maybe talk to them again and do it again because people are afraid to tell people about Jesus, especially the day and age we live in now. The baptism of the Holy Spirit will do to you what it did to Peter and it'll give you the power to do what God has called you to do for him and for his kingdom. So to be filled with the Spirit is shown in the New Testament and in the lives of millions of people to have a dynamic, energizing effect or power effect on your life. A mighty, explosive power. Do you see why you're going to know whether this has happened to you or not? There's going to be this aspect in your life that has come that is mighty, explosive power. And listen, you may not, I hear people say, well, I don't feel, when someone says anointed, that means they don't, that's, that's another aspect of saying, you know, you, you don't feel the spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. Well, I don't always feel that. I've stood up in front of people and I have just felt, not felt it, but I am convinced and I stand on the faith of the word of God that I know this has happened to me and I see it in scripture. And so by faith in God's word, I know that it's happened. So, but, and once I get up there and the microphone gets in my hand and I start speaking, boom, there it comes. You may not, you may not always feel anointed, but if you're truly filled and been baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be there. That power is going to be there when you need it. And there is uh, on this whole aspect of, um, uh, that it came in quietly. There is there is little scripture uh, to suggest the Spirit comes upon men like a quiet breath, unobtrusive and unnoticed. Acts chapter 2 is not quiet, and Acts chapter 2 is not unobtrusive and unnoticed. It came in like a freight train and changed these people's lives, radically transformed them into being soul winners for the kingdom they were so on fire for god that some of their some of the disciples would be beaten and imprisoned for telling for teaching people about jesus and then the the the, uh, religious people of the day would tell them stop preaching jesus or we're going to jail you again well they'd go back to their group of people and tell them what just happened and then the people gather together and say lord we pray for more boldness and so there was this drive and fire in them to get the word of God out because they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Our walk in Christ should be amazingly exciting and filled with power because we know according to the word of God, that's why I'm giving you it according to scripture, we know that this has happened to us and it is a distinct experience that we know has taken place. Um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is, it is usually very noticeable. You look in the Bible, you see manifestations of the Spirit uh, fire, wind, no, noise, wonders, outward signs, powers, invisible effects. It came in like a freight train, man. The apostles discovered a new resilience. Uh, they, they discovered a new strength within them, a new power that, uh, that operated in their weaknesses, which, which sent them out into a, understand, a brutalized pagan world to demolish its idol establishment and change history. Let me say that again. I want you to look at your own life in this. The apostles, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that came upon those 120 in the upper room. The baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles. 
they discovered a new resilience, a new strength within them, and a power that operated in their weakness, which sent, which sent them out into a brutalized pagan world to demolish its idol establishment and change history. That's what we need today. We live in a brutalized pagan world, in a becoming brutalized and pagan nation. We need that resilience. We need that strength. We need that power that gives it, that comes to us in our own human weakness. We now have the power of the Holy Spirit, which overcomes our weakness and gives us the ability to get out there and be the people God's called us to be with great courage. No fear. No fear. This is the true mark of a spirit-filled life. This is the true mark of a spirit-filled life. Things like that are happening today. Things like that can happen through you. A new age of persecution is testing the church over half the earth. It's, it's in, it's in the uh, east. It's coming to the west. It's coming to America. You can see it already. The persecution against people who are Christians or who, who believe in Christ or believe in God or stand for godly principles, that persecution is trying to come because communism and socialism hates Christianity. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to give you the courage to fight the fight you're in every single day of your life, in the, even in our own nation that we're living in now. We may have to lay down our physical lives, but we are proving that the baptism in the Holy Spirit makes people unconquerable. The baptism with the Holy Spirit makes people unconquerable. You cannot be conquered. You can, oh, I can't, uh, I can't say it enough. You can have the ability Man, to do great exploits for God because the baptism of the Holy Spirit has equipped you that way. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a New Testament expression. It was used by John the Baptist. It was used by Jesus. Um, the personal experience of millions conforms to the New Testament promised. Listen, it cannot be argued out of existence by debates about what to call it or by people who doubt its reality. If we do what the apostles did and we get what the apostles got, its name does not matter. But we know it to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's one thing that we should not overlook here. Some receive a mighty baptism at the same time as their conversion, like myself or like my friend, or as did Cornelius and his household, but not everybody does, or not everybody did or everybody does. One receives it rather um, when one receives it rather at new birth along with the regeneration or later that does not alter the fact that this great experience actually exists. It exists. It is for you. It is for me. You need the baptism with the Holy Spirit to empower you to do what God has called you to do. For the disciples that came later as it has for millions of others after their regeneration sometime after probably not a long time after but some people not, are not taught it so they don't even know about it some of you have maybe never even heard about it or some of you have been taught opposite and taught to not believe it believe it i'm trying to show you as best i can in the word of god we see it believe it because this is god's truth and you need the baptism of the holy spirit the baptism in the spirit was not meant to be a single emotional event recorded in believers diaries Living in the Spirit is our environment. It's the air that we breathe moment by moment, providing the vitality of our Christian faith. Man, this baptism in the Spirit should bring great vitality to your walk in Christ. 
wow, we need this baptism in our lives. When we bombard the world with the gospel, the Holy Spirit power is the explosive ammunition for our artillery. The Spirit animates believers. He does it to me. He animates their teachings, their preaching, their prayer, their service, and their very lives. Again, I think I said this in an earlier sermon. I was preaching uh, at a conference out in Phoenix at a big church. We were in this outside kind of auditorium sitting on the grass, and it was really a cool setting. And the great evangelist, Reinhard Bonnke, was sitting in front of me. He had heard, heard me share my testimony the night before, and I'd always admired him. I mean, he'd gather a million-plus people in front of him and share the gospel. People get saved and people get healed. But he was sitting in front of me and he turned around and looked me in the eye. And he said, when you open your mouth, the fire of God comes out of you like a lion. And uh, I thought, okay, but it's true because I received the, I might not even have known what to call it then, but I know I'd been baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, you roar like a lion. You got fire coming from your mouth. And uh, that's what the baptismal Holy Spirit will do in your life. It'll give you a life of dynamic faith. How many of y'all want a life of dynamic faith? How many want to live a life for Christ dynamically? You want to have a dynamic life in Christ. Man, we should all want to live our lives that day. Without the life of the Holy Spirit, Christianity is just another lifeless religious system that can only be kept going by human effort. I don't want to do what I do by my human effort. I want to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Nothing can compete, compete with the Holy Spirit and His power. Nothing can compete with the Holy Spirit and His power. We cannot do without the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter what we substitute, whether organization, church magnificence, prestige, education, or any other factor on which reliance has been placed. Nothing can take the place of the power of the Holy Spirit. I'd rather have a church building uh, that is made from cardboard yet where the power of the Spirit is in operation. I'd rather have that than a building of the greatest magnificence where, the, where, the, where, where there is no Spirit and it is lifeless, so to speak. I know big churches, they don't believe in the baptism. They don't believe in the gifts for today. I, I really believe those kind of churches are just getting by because you, that you, if people know how to run a business, they can start a church. They can keep a church going. They can even make a church grow. Doesn't mean the power of the Holy Spirit is really in operation in that church. That's what we need, though. Holy Spirit power, God in action. It leads us into action. Listen, we are not saved just to linger and live in contentment. Happy that we are saved, holding meetings to congratulate one another on our good fortune that we are redeemed. In the Bible, the Bible uses the word rivers repeatedly regarding the Holy Spirit. We should be living a life where rivers of living water are flowing out of us, and that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We should be like springs of water whose waters do not fail. Um, we need to be people who are excited, dynamic. For many people in our, our temperate Western climate, exuberance is foreign. It's unnatural and embarrassing. But you know what? I'm excited. I'm going to be excited. I don't care who thinks I'm. I'm not acting. I'm not weird. I, I'm under control. I'm disciplined in what I do in regards to the Holy Spirit. But man, it fills me with excitement and fills me with dynamic faith that makes my life be dynamic for the kingdom of God. For those who stand within the kingdom of God, the culture of the world, it doesn't matter to me. 
I'm going to be who I want to be. I'm going to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be a man of God that's going to help change the nation and the world that I live in. Um, it's not surprising when people who have not been in the upper room of Pentecost, but only in the church supper room, deride spirit-filled people as enthusiasts and fanatics. Remember, the onlookers in Jerusalem thought the apostles were drunk, being completely ignorant of the facts of the case. Ephesians 2.1 says, you he made alive. It did not say you he stiffened. It says you he made alive. The baptism of the Holy Spirit will cause rivers of living water to flow from those who have received it. And I say this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a promise to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as our Lord God will call, Acts 2.39. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you don't think it was for you, it's for you. The Bible says it to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. That's a promise to you. You need to begin to ask him for to baptize you with the fullness of the Spirit in your life. This is the normal Christian experience. <laughs> this is just the normal Christian experience. Living your life this way is the normal Christian experience experience that's just the way our lives should be it they should be so filled with um with dynamic faith and dynamic action that we are doing and busy about what god's called us to do and we're not letting anything hold us back we go in courage we have no fear we go forth like the disciples did we go forth just think of peter man he went forth those guys were so emboldened by the power of the Holy Spirit that they had waited on for in the upper room, that those men were willing to lay their lives down for the cause of Christ. They were martyred for Christ. Peter was crucified upside down for the cause of Christ. I believe that started in the upper room when he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. That tenacity, that courage, that um, explosive dynamite power in his life Man, he was not afraid to give up his life for the cause of Christ. That is powerful. In closing, as we come to a close, we will continue on with this next week. But I want to I read a set of scripture verses before we go. And I want to say this before I read them. The power of the Holy Spirit will be given to everyone who asks for it. So he can fill all of us full with that courage, with that tenacity, with that dynamic life of faith. But it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 11, that he can manifest himself in all of us in different ways. This is exciting. Listen, we're going to talk about this in a sermon. It says this, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. So the Holy Spirit dispenses gifts to us. And there are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Woo! Tell me that ain't exciting. 
receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we'll talk about and we'll tackle this topic very, very soon. And let me close with the first believers enjoyed a personal experience of the indwelling power of the Spirit and nothing less than that is offered to all who believe from the day of Pentecost onward. The biblical pattern and provision of the baptism with the Holy Spirit is for constant fullness. One is to go on constantly being filled. Amen. The Christian who is baptized with the Holy Spirit does not enter into a transitory experience, but into an abiding condition of fullness. Isn't that awesome? You can live a life of abiding, of, of constant fullness, an abiding condition of fullness. I say this to you lastly, if you're filled, live like it. If you still need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, ask for it. Amen. I hope you've learned from this. I hope you've grown. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be before you. And I hope that the words you've given me uh, have been clear for the people. And they will go over this and go over this to get this down inside of them. I pray they would be so desirous of the baptism with the Holy Spirit that they would ask you. They would have now their faith built upon the Word of God. They've seen it in the Word. They know it to be true. They see it to be scriptural. And they see it as a definite experience separate from regeneration. And it's experience that they need in their life to fill them with the power to do the service that you've called them to do. May they, may they ask you for it. That's all they got to do. Ask in faith. This is, this is the will of God. God will give you um, according to what you ask, according to his will. God will bless you with this. The gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I pray they would ask you, Lord. I pray they would ask for this. And I thank you in Jesus' name. They will see this taking place in their life. I thank you for the power they're going to walk in. I thank you for the wisdom they're going to walk in. I thank you for how you're going to guide them, Holy Spirit. But you're going to give them power that they need to do what you've specifically called them to do for the kingdom of God. Bless those who have listened. Bless them with this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your power that sits inside of us, that rests inside of us, that fills us full with dynamic faith. We have an abiding condition of fullness. We thank you for that today. Bless your name, God. Bless the name of the Lord. Ask to be baptized with the Spirit. And may it be done in your life in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Look at me. Ask for it. Ask the Holy Spirit to baptize you. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with His fullness, something that you know has truly happened in your life. Ask Him for it. Listen, it's the will of God, and God will give you things according to His will. Amen. You'll never be the same again. Amen. God bless you.